Good afternoon, everybody. This is not a Thursday, it's a Friday. Those of you who are, are familiar with Night Moves Radio are um, usually used to hearing us on Thursday. Um, but we've made a few changes, and um, I hope to do it on hopefully every Friday. If it isn't every Friday, that's okay. Um, but I'm starting a new series um, called Soul Series. Um, so it will be different poets from around the world. Um, some of you know me as Ariana Cherry um, from Night Moves Radio. Um, we are live here at Cherry House Press on Facebook Live, and we are also recording on Anchor.com. And um, I really love poetry. I've been writing poetry since I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And I published my first book in 2000, and it was actually in, um, an ebook. My first print book was in 2004 through Lulu.com, and now I pretty much publish through Amazon, and that is where Cherry House Press publishes from. And uh, we just started Cherry House Press in January, and we will um, actually will we started we wrote and published our first anthology um, back in July um, called The Fears of Us All. So today we actually have one of our authors from The Fears of Us All. Her name is Linda Crate. And she submitted some work to us. So she actually will be our first guest to read here on Cherry House Press for um, uh, stories of soul, soul stories. It's a tongue twister. I want to call it stories of our soul because that's what the channel and anchor is called. But I shortened it to soul stories because I feel like that when we write poetry, we write it's from the soul. Because like I just... I always feel like it comes from somewhere else. Like it comes from somewhere way beyond. I mean, cause like it's, it's not the type that I, like I try to force a poem when I write things just like come to me. And I like to feel that's how poetry or how any story works. It just comes through you. So um, without further ado, I think I'm going to go ahead and bring um, Linda Crate on. She's a very nice gal. We talked a little bit before we went live. And I'm going to let her tell everybody about herself. So good afternoon, Linda. Good afternoon. <laughs> I'm 32 years old. I'm from small town Pennsylvania. <laughs> I've been writing since I was a kid for as long as I can remember. I probably started writing poetry like more frequently when I was like 13, but I've always been writing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have an English um, literature degree from Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. Oh, that's I really okay. don't like. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I'm just curious. What got you into writing poetry? Pretty much I felt um, like I didn't have really have a voice. I was always a shy and quiet person. So people would always like talk over me or talk for me. Never really let me speak. And it kind of frustrated me because I had like all these ideas and thoughts that I wanted to share with the world. But I never felt like I could because everybody's like, oh, that's the shy girl. She doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just felt like, well, if I can't talk to people, I'm just going to write my emotions into words, mm -hmm. like some of my favorite poem, poems yeah. I've read, you know, from other authors. And I was like, I'm sure other people have felt like an outcast before. And I was just like, I'm just going to channel my energy instead of like, you know, doing something destructive, 
just something fun and good and something that could help my soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's easier to write what we feel and what we want to say on paper because it, it can be hard to express ourselves vocally, especially if, you know, I understand you're shy. I can be shy. And it's hard because we get nervous saying things. So when you've got a piece of paper in front of you, it's so much easier to just write everything down. Right. Plus, you don't have people interrupting you or asking what you mean. You can just write everything as you feel. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, you know. Let the words flow. Totally. And then people can just pick up your book, your poems, and read it, and read it all the way through. And then you're sitting, you know, if you ask someone to read a poem while you're sitting there, I don't know if you ever do that. I've done that. And you're, like, nervous as heck while they're sitting there reading it. And I'm usually there kind of tapping <laughs> my foot or messing with my hands. And I'll be like, so what did you think? And they're like, oh, it was good. And, and that's, like, all they say. And you're like really did, did you like it yeah yeah it was good right. and then they'll be like well <laughs> but I don't know if I understand what you meant <laughs> right I, I get that sometimes with my mom like she like, you know she supports my poetry and everything but she's like sometimes she's like you seem so sad I'm like that's not what the poem's about mom <laughs> thank you for reading it and like you know it's just interesting to see other people's perspectives on your writing because oh, yeah. like sometimes they'll take something from it that you didn't really think about and you're like, okay, that's not really what I meant, but I can see how you feel. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally understand. Cause like, you know, sometimes when I write stuff, they'd be like, are you depressed? Are you sad? Or, you know, like, um, no. <laughs> so I've been there. Totally get it. So um, I guess if you want to, if you want to find one of your poems, if you want to share one, let us know probably like the title and um, maybe what inspired you to write it like in a short phrase or two. And then you can start reading if you'd like. Okay. I have like several anthologies and journals that I've been part of, but I like your dear marks from poems. Uh-huh. Okay. The first two poems comes from like an anthology called A Burgers and Barrooms. And it's like stories and poems. And I chose to write about my experiences as a fast food cook. So the first poem is called Over Overworked and Underpaid. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Work seems to have two methods of speed. Snail or feverish. And lately it's been fast enough to make even a cheetah do a double take. They say I look tired all the time at work. I am tired. Tired of rude customers. Tired of making sandwiches. Tired of doing what I must do until I can afford to be able to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Making ends meet with a job that doesn't appreciate my hard work or loyalty. Tired of the backstabbing co-workers and office politics. Sometimes just plain tired of meeting a nap that I cannot take at work with all the hustle and bustle and insanity. I wear myself pretty thin some days to help others who want to jump a puddle for me. But it's not in my nature to treat others as they treat me as much as I would like to. Maybe one day my hard work and kindness will benefit me because today people's black manners and coups are just affecting me past the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
I mean, like, I know where you're coming from. I love my job now. Um, I'm administrative aide at a church as well. I told you I also wrote for a newspaper, but I did social work for 12 years. And while I enjoyed helping people, I totally know what you mean by office politics. Um, I know about all the being so tired because while I enjoyed my work, social work is one of those jobs is definitely underpaid. You're paid from grants from the government. So, yeah. And, you know, you're trying to work and like, you know, if you're like me, like sometimes you wish all you could do is just like write and, you know, make money from that. And, um, and, you know, and and, because, you know, it gets kind of hard, you know. So um, I know where you're coming from for sure. (laughs) So that I'm sure several people could totally understand that poem. It's very easy for people to identify. Thank you. And the second poem from this anthology is called We're All the Same. What is it? It's called We're All the Same. Oh, We're All the Same. Okay. Sweet potato fries aren't ready, and an irate customer throws his hands up in the air. Told him that it would be two minutes, but it seems he's no longer willing to wait. Claims this is the worst service he's ever had. Makes us all raise our eyebrows. Another day, a customer comes in and throws a sandwich on the counter, demanding to know what it was. An order taken while I was on break. Throwing around enough attitude to make even a patient old man want to bash him over the head of his cane. And yet I take care of the problem with a smile, albeit a strained one. Then a guy comes in and doesn't know how to order and gets annoyed that I don't know what he wants. People always complain about fast food, but if there wasn't a demand, there wouldn't be a supply. And no matter what profession someone works in, sometimes they don't choose it. It's what they could get. Before trying to squash us like cockroaches beneath your judgmental boots, maybe recognize that we can fly. Won't be half the brave then, will you? All people deserve the right to breathe, to love, to hope, and dream. Fast food workers aren't any different. Hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I totally get that. You know, and if we were all the same, you know, like people say, the world would be like really boring. So, you know, there's a reason that we were all made different. And, you know, and I you don't think it's right for people to judge. I mean, everyone has different um, opinions and religions and culture. And, you know, it, it's too bad that the whole world can't be more accepting. Right. And I just feel like, you know, people should be more accepting of people like I just, like, I hear some of the stuff that people say about fast food workers that kind of annoys me. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, they chose to get a job that has, yeah, you know, they and, chose a job that's for high school workers and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, sometimes people and, don't choose it. Like, you know, I have a college degree. Well, and, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's kind of sad, but sometimes those jobs pay more than other jobs, you know, understandably, too. And, right. And the thing is, it those you know, fast food workers weren't there to serve us, we wouldn't be able to have food. So somebody has to work there. Right. You know, and I just feel like people who think we don't even deserve minimum wage, is kind of, you know, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, they shouldn't say that. Because I mean, everyone, you know, deserves more. Everyone's hard workers, just because they work in a certain position, they shouldn't be looked down upon. Right. Just like janitors and you know, like people just look down on you. <laughs> I yeah. had a guy ask me once, he's like, Do you dream of making sandwiches? I'm like, No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like janitors, custodians, people look down on them, but without them, buildings and offices and whatever, they wouldn't be clean. Schools, 
So, right. you know, somebody has to do all these jobs. So why look down on them? Right. You know, and so in this day and age, well, at least in Illinois, uh, I'm going to get into politics for a second. If you have a job, you're lucky. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I understand that. Alrighty, I'll grab another book. This one is called Voices Along the Road. It's an anthology in aid of child refugees. Uh-huh. Um, all right. First poem is called Thrown Into the Storm. Little girl, weight of the world on her shoulders. Little boy, eyes swimming with tears you should not know. They are victims of a war made by people who should know better, but let their greed be bigger than their hearts, who close their palms made of fists rather than offer their hand to help. You should never look down on anyone except to help them up, but they try to crush people they don't know into dust, slander them and criticize things they cannot hope to fathom, whispering secrets that aren't even true to incite panic and people perfectly safe. But these children are shivering with doubt, their futures unknown, relying only on the sea to guide them somewhere safe, a haven who will shield them from the storm they should have never been pulled into. Hmm. Yeah, I like that one too. You're you're writing. You really talk a like about like a lot about how people in today's you know society you know some you know people just aren't treated equally. You know, there's so many people looking down on others, and you know, and I kind of see where you're coming from because I mean there is we do live in a world of judgment, and it's really sad. Very sad. And I just, I think about like all these war, war-torn countries and like all these children, you know, they want to vilify these people. And I'm like, it's not even their fault. Like, uh-huh. you know, like they can't help it that they live somewhere where this is happening, you know, where, that's where they were born probably, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's what they grow up with. Then you have these with. kids who are so scared and don't know what their future is going to be. And, and yeah. that's just horrifying. Like, why should anyone have to live like that? No, they shouldn't. And it's really sad that they've grown up with that probably their whole life as children. And that's probably their norm. So, like, you know, if they were to live somewhere where there's actually peace, you know, they, that would be an adjustment for them. And that's sad, but it's probably the truth. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like where you're coming from with all your poetry, Linda. Thank you. You're welcome. And my next poem is called You Can't Do That. (laughs) The world is on her shoulders. She doesn't know how she'll breathe again. If the next dawn they face will be their last. She's a mother who feels like she's failed. Yet it's the world who failed her. Through her into the eye of a hurricane she should never have to face. Or make losers of us all. No matter who wins, we all lose something a piece of our humanity, a piece of our family, a piece of our heart. Something's always taken that we cannot return. Maybe she'll find her peace of mind, but not anytime soon. Today, she just hopes she and her children can find a safe place, shielded from the wings of a war that sought to take her life because a handful of greedy men decided to put a price on a human life that you can't do that. Mm. I like that too. Your poems are really thoughtful and insightful. I like them. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and my last poem from this collection is called Together We Rise. Mm-hmm. It makes my heart heavy, it makes my heart sick. 
that people can do evil things to one another without care, even take pleasure in it. One cannot put a price tag on the life of another human, although funeral homes try. We're all worth more than they say, because we are all made of stardust. We have the power to aid others and use our tongue to heal, instead of ripping down and destroying. So I will not stand for this world of nightmares. People need safety, hope, and dreams, but that is what I will give them. Because my heart is a lighthouse, hoping to bring every ship who needs aid and help. Because we all need someone to lean on. None of us ever build ourselves up entirely alone. Together we rise, but divided we fall. Oh, I really like that one, too. And I like how you're talking about we're all made of stardust and we're all made of the same thing, you know, because in the end, you know, we were all created from the same thing, even if we call it somebody different. And in the end, we all go to the same place. So, I mean, you know, nobody's more special than the other. Right. You know, so we should all I think I wish that everyone would just try to lift, you know, each other up instead of bringing everybody down. Right. That's my wish and hope, too. Yeah. Like, I know there's always going to be ugliness in the world, but I hope that my poems can make somebody feel happy, you know, lift somebody's spirits, help them through whatever they're struggling through, because we all have something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, and everybody does go through something. That's why, like, if you come across somebody and they seem kind of grumpy, you know, try not to judge them, because maybe they're just having a bad day or they're going through a tough time. I mean, I've heard people say, as much as I'm shy and it's hard for me to do, but even if you pass a stranger, just try to smile or maybe just say hi for a second. You don't have to have a conversation, but they say sometimes that smile or just you saying hi just might make their day. I, I had this lady who was like screaming about the coffee not being made. So <laughs> I went out and like, I was like super nice. And then she was like, wow, you are like really nice. Now I feel bad for being so rude. <laughs> I thought you were going to be nasty. Wow. Then, you know, that's kind of sad that people expect everybody else to be nasty, too, you know? Right. You know, I mean, it's too bad that we can't expect someone to actually be nice. Right. (laughs) But, you know, at least in some places, there still are nice people. It just sometimes it seems like it's getting harder to find. (laughs) So, like, I understand why there's some days that some people may not want to go out, but I continue to go out. And like you, I hope through writing and through services and, like, through these radio shows through our publishing company, that like, letting people have a voice and be able to express, you know, and inspire others that maybe just little by little we could help change the world just a little bit. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. My next uh, poem is going to be from Yellow Arrow's Journal. It's entitled Courage. And my poem is called Freed by Dreams. I will have the courage to face who I am, because I know there are ugly parts of me. But I am more than them. I have a powerful voice. We use that to my advantage. I am no longer the rabbit-hearted girl, shivering and shaking in the shadows. I am the battle-ready Valkyrie, whose white wings of love and light expose the darkness, the fallacy of the nightmares threatening to break me, because I refuse to die. I am an immortal of the flames, who fight a war against everything that is unjust. I am a dreamer who will be freed by the reality of her dreams. Mm, I like that, too. It's really pretty. Yeah, I like that, you know, we're dreamer. You know, there's not a lot of... Sometimes I wonder if there is a lot of dreamers still out there. 
right? <laughs> yeah. Have you put it your own book together, or did have you just like published in in anthologies? I actually do have a few books. Um, three of them are just available online, uh-huh. but I do have um, my wings were made to fly, which was published through Flutter Press, which is available on Amazon. Uh-huh. And I also have another book called Splintered with Terror through um, Garth Publishing on Amazon. Awesome. That's available. And Splintered with Terror is, um, it could be kind of triggering to some because uh-huh. it's about my Me Too experiences. But yeah. I felt like it was an important book to write. Oh, of course. You know, and sometimes those hardest books to write or the hardest poems to write, you know, they're there for a reason, you know, to hopefully help somebody else. Right. And this one is one based on my youth. It's in a book called Darker Than Fiction, which Mm -hmm. is a Poets Haven Digest. And the poem is called Let My Words Life. In a world where you could choose to be anything, you chose to be my bully, the villain in my novel. I'm not sure why all these pages needed to exist. You always insisted that you were my father, that you were a monster wearing the mask of a man. All your words were weapons that you'd launch at me, unready for the explosion of my emotions. I don't know why you saw the heart of a girl who needed a friend and a father. Instead, chose to be cruel, vicious, petty, mature, and angry, strict for no reason. Never allowing me any breathing room should I have made something you considered a mistake. Learn to keep myself silent and lock my words inside, because you're always trying to strip me of my voice. Hmm. Now I let the words fly free. Let them bite you in the face, because if you wanted to be a kinder chapter, you ought to behave better. Oh. Is that a true poem? It's, um... It was like one of those poems I was thinking about, like when I was like in a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> kind of been there. I could kind of tell, you know, it you know, must have been through, a, you know, you don't have to explain if you don't want to, but I could tell it's probably from like a personal experience. Yeah, it's just, um, my dad and I get along better now, but when I was growing up, like we always fought. <laughs> mm, that stinks. And I just kind of felt like all the blame was placed on my shoulders, but it wasn't always my fault. Yeah. And I felt very alone and, like, isolated, but I didn't really know how to articulate that all the time. Yeah, that can be hard. (laughs) Especially when you're young. So and when, like I had anxiety, so sometimes uh-huh. I would like pace the room. Like before I realized what anxiety was, you yeah. know, and I get yelled at for pacing the room, but it wasn't uh-huh. like it was something I wanted to do or something I was consciously thinking. It was just yeah. I would pace. It's probably you're trying to trying to find a way to calm yourself, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been really emotional. Some people are like tell me I was too sensitive. Oh or, no, no, no. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> never too sensitive I hate that I've been told that 
you know, I used to not try the person I'm with now, but I used to be told that I, that's like the worst thing you can say to somebody. There's nothing wrong with showing emotion. Right. I feel like I'd rather show emotion than not have any at all. Because I've been with people who are like, you know, look, my one ex, she was like, he didn't really have much of imagination. And, you know, it's kind of like, Sometimes he would say really hurtful things. Mm, that's, that's not very nice. <laughs> and he wouldn't realize why I would get upset. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if some people just don't, like, are more logic-based, so they don't really think about the emotions that their words can inflict on people. You know what I mean? Yeah, just- I, I understand. I, I My ex, like, he would say such hurtful things, and it just it didn't seem to face them that they've said those things and I don't understand those personalities I don't know if they have some kind of wall up I mean it's but they don't realize the hurt they're inflicting on others when they do that you know it's kind of like they're almost like robotic or like or emotionless so it's really difficult to deal with and sometimes like I think people don't mean to but like they're hurt so they'll hurt you with their hurt and just like no that's not okay. No, it's not. It's not. And when I understand you got hurt, but yeah. you have to break the cycle. You just can't keep hurting people. No, that's the wrong way to go about it. They need to find a, a healthier way to deal with, you know, their feelings and their their emotions and everything they're going through. And sometimes I think we get like the wrong opinion, you know, about people just because like our reality is shaped by our experiences. So maybe somebody I'm mean something the way we took it but like at the same time I think a lot of that can be avoided by just communicating with them they'd be like well I didn't mean it the way you took it or I didn't mean to hurt you or I'm sorry yeah like, even a simple sorry like you know yeah sometimes I'm sorry you know people could just blurt that two words out it you know could mean a lot <laughs> right yeah. yeah so I I totally get it you know <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, 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 your, your poetry definitely comes from, you know, within, I can, I can really tell you're very, very soul deep and, you know, full of life experiences and, and, and a lot of life observances. <laughs> I try to like, you know, let my poetry come from the soul, you know, <laughs> so it really like confuses me sometimes. Like, you know, editors all have their different opinions and like some of them like really seem to love it. And then other people are just like, well, that doesn't convey much. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't convey much? Yeah, it probably just depends on the editor. I mean, when I have poems, I don't know what you do. Like, as soon as I, I have something, it just comes to me. I write it all out, and I might change it just a little bit. But those poems that, like, come to you, especially the ones, I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to a lot of writers, but especially the ones that come, say, like, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning or real early, like, we first wake up, and then you go back to sleep. I mean, those have, like, um, uh, the word, uh, I don't know. I can't think of the word right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> substance substance and they're from the heart and and soul i mean they come from like a higher power like that's what i believe and you you can't touch those right so and sometimes like i'll go back and edit and stuff and then sometimes i'm just like i like this poem and i send it somewhere else and boom it's accepted yeah like i said it's all about the editors you know it's just different people want different things different tastes or different styles so and, and if they don't like it that. yeah but sometimes it just, <laughs> it's like mind-boggling well, i'm like i thought is. this is what you're looking for but okay but the thing is though what's great with self-publishing today if there's people that don't like it you can self-publish your own book 
and you can just put it out there and people don't like it tough. Right. <laughs> so, well, we've been, uh, we've been, we can read a couple more if you want. We've actually been on for like 27 minutes. Can you believe that? Um, well, I have, um, I have like a few more. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't have to read them. No, 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 I, go for it. I just, I don't want to keep you if you okay. didn't want to. So if you want to, you know, read a few more, I just wanted to let you know. So I didn't want you to be, you know, nervous or uncomfortable. So. Oh, no, this is fine. <laughs> Thank okay. you. My uh, next poem is from a collection entitled My Love, and it's like their sixth collection from mm-hmm. Warren Jar. And my poem is titled We're Both Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I used to hate myself. Loving myself wasn't something that came naturally, and I had to learn not to listen to the lies they told me and the ones rattling in my head. I was not fat, not ugly, not lazy. I wasn't a monster. I wasn't a burden or a waste of space. I had to learn to forgive myself and to remember my scars made me beautiful because they were all the wounds that life tore me open but couldn't kill me. Hmm. Sometimes I have to remind myself on particularly hard days that Rome was not built in one day. We're all perfectly imperfect. That doesn't mean that broken things cannot hold beauty. It's where the light gets in, where we can truly shine. I am beautiful. You are too, if you'll only believe. Aw. That one needs to be, like, read to, like, everybody, especially women. <laughs> and we're also harsh on ourselves. Right. And I feel like, you know, the media, like, helps portray what a perfect person is supposed to look like. And oh. sometimes we find that we don't measure up, and it just, like... For sure. It didn't help yeah. when we were younger. I read all those stupid 17 magazines. Right. <laughs> and you always look at all these celebrities and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. And you don't think, well, Photoshop and all the hair oh, dressers yeah. and stylists and makeup artists. You oh know? yeah, totally. It's like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. But then you see them in real life and they look just like us. <laughs> Amazing what makeup does. It's- I don't I only wear a little bit of it, but I don't wear a lot. I try to stay true to myself. I don't often wear a lot. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily though. Like if that's what makes you confident, then go for it. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> most definitely. All right. Um, the next collection I have comes from uh Poetry collaboration from mine entitled Please Hear What I'm Not Saying. And it talks about um, a lot of like mental illnesses and like things that people go through. My first poem is titled Suitcase of Depression. Mm-hmm. Dark. I laid on my bed, fed but hungry, taken care of, yet neglected, loving yet unloved, and no one could see past my fake smile. I guess I could pretend happiness well, glue myself together away, and no one knew how deep the arrows of my sadness laid, so that when I did weep, they accused me of lying. I wish this pain were a lie, wish there was some way I could flush away this agony that hangs heavy on my bones, and the insults of bullies that still ring in my ears, because I can't let it go, as I'm always told to. I would give evidence anything to be like autumn, Mm. shedding her leaves, 
All I can pray for is a trip to the ocean where she unfolds her waters, eroding away all my agony for a time. Oh, that was really good, too. Thank you. I just think mental like um, illness is something that should be taken more seriously. Oh, I know a lot sure. of people talk about it, but I feel like it's still a stigma. Oh, yeah. And my uncle suffered from depression, ended up taking his own life. So oh, it's like really important to me to like, you know, be an advocate for others to like stay alive, oh, keep yeah. trying no matter what. I know it's hard, you know, I know that they can't always feel like they're loved, but I look back like in old cards and stuff and old letters and stuff. And like, it makes me realize like how much people care. Mm-hmm. You may not even realize that they care. Yeah. So it's just, it's just important to find something that gives you a purpose, a reason to keep going on. For but sure. you know, I read something like JK Rowling suffered from depression. I mean, like, Look at her now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I know. Author of the Harry Potter series. It's awesome. Fantastic series and like everything else, you know. Like, yeah. Um, our host of Night Moves Radio, my co-host, uh, Josh, uh, he actually suffered from depression. He's okay now, but he was literally like in bed, I think, for a year or two. I mean, he was so bad. You know, and he takes medicine now. Um, you know, and he he's a writer as well, and you know, he's his writing to get through it um but things are a lot better for him but he um used to go to public school when he was younger and then he only went there like he went to a christian school and maybe public school for a year or two but the rest of his high school he was homeschooled because the depression was so bad oh that's really sad yeah but you know but he's he's overcome a, like, I a lot felt like <laughs> right i always felt like an outcast in school yeah you know may not have realized it because like I feel like people were nice to me but I was like I never knew if they were really being nice or oh, if they were being yeah. nice I've just been there. to be like totally I'm a it. good person you know yeah I was, I'm like is this authentic is it or not <laughs> you know you know I used to think I, the same thing you know I, I still think that sometimes now it's kind of sad <laughs> it's just I don't know it's hard for me to trust some people because I've had enough people that like acted like they were my friend then took advantage of me. So I'm kind of just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Are you a real person or a fake person? <laughs> yeah. You know, it is like, and you know, I question myself with that with people that I meet, you know, cause like it's hard. Cause when you've had people let you down so much, it's hard to trust people. And, and then in a way it's also sad that we have to question ourselves that too. Right. So I, I've been there. Like I, you, you and I sound like we were a lot like when we were younger. <laughs> I was a huge outcast myself. I was kind of like a lone wolf. I wrote a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if people thought I was weird because of it or uh, not. But I kept to myself. Yeah. And like I used to be lonely, but like now it's come to a point where I actually like being by myself and people kind of drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> you know, people can do that. Right. Like I have my group of friends, but like, Everybody else, I'm just kind of like, mm, I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I get to know you. Yeah, you're like you're you're kind of like a person, and yeah, I I got to decide if I want to like get to know you or not. I already have my own like people. I, <laughs> I don't know like if I need another. Tagged me in the yeah. shirt that I thought was funny. It's like I don't like I don't like morning or people or morning people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's hilarious. Like, okay, that's cool. I see how you see me now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes people are hard to like. Some, you know, there are really there are nice people in this world, but there's just yeah. you know, it's it's easy to do. Right. All right. My next poem from the collection is called "Wish I Could Shake This." Anxiety keeps me awake at night. Monsters I know are false and true. No matter how many times I tell my mind to stop and insist on going down these roads. I've always felt everything so deeply and profoundly. Even when I feel nothing, it feels like a knife in my soul. Once you deceive this curse, so I can finally be free. Find a way to breathe. Be able to sleep like everyone else. Not walk, walk on the needle of all my worries. Nettling and biting until eventually my body shuts off my brain. So I can get some sort of relief. I never remember when I finally fell asleep. Sometimes I wake so tired I must sleep again. I wish I could just shake these neurotic worries and stop my mind from wandering in circles until it makes me panic. Mm. Yeah. I feel like you, like you get in the minds of people. So like people hearing these, they're going to be like, this sounds so much like me. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be relatable, but it's like, I'm mostly like, you know, sharing how I feel. And I feel mm-hmm. like, when you share your own experience, there's always going to be people who are like, oh, yeah, I feel like that, too. Oh, yeah. And it's you know, funny. It's like when you're going through it, you don't feel like anyone else. Oh, yeah. Going it. Sometimes you feel really <laughs> alone, but then there actually are people who feel the same way. And I think it, there's in a way all of us probably have the same doubts and the same worries. It's just there's other people who are more willing to admit it than others. Right. So, and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength to admit that you have those worries. Um, my last poem is from a collection titled In Celebration of Sisters. Cool. Celebrating the wonderful world of sisterhood. Awesome. And this poem is one I wrote about my best friend. Mm-hmm. And it's called Until the End. By bond, not blood, we are sisters. And I am thankful heaven blessed me with a courageous and strong friend who spites me and unafraid to tell me if and when I'm wrong. He prefers peace as opposed to war. An ocean of comfort when it feels as if all the cards in the deck are stacked against me. Through thick and thin, you've never shied away. And you like when I talk about my passion. I think you were the first to ever tell me that made my heart dance that someone other than me could care so deeply for my dreams. We are soul sisters tied together by our love of words, our same zodiac sign, the sea and laughter, which holds us tightly in each of our times together. Tears and fears are vanquished when we arrive to the port of each other's harbor. And I could easily spend every hour of the day whiling it away without it being wasted, because you are worth every moment. You are my sister to the very end. Oh, that's really sweet. That's so nice. <laughs> It's good that you have, you know, a, a you know, good friend like that. That's awesome. Yeah, she inspires me to be courageous when I don't always feel like it, mm-hmm. especially since she um, struggles with epilepsy. Aww. And she's, like, brave enough to face every day with a smile. So I'm like, well, if she can be facing a day with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's had, you know, a seizure or, like, a really bad day, then what excuse do I have? Yeah. 
You know, and there's, it's great that there's strong people like, I mean, like I said, you never know what a person's going through and behind that smile, there might be a lot of pain. I mean, you never know, but they're trying to have courage, you know, just to make it another day. And some of those people that do that, they try to look at each day as, an, you know, it's another gift of life. Each day when we wake up, you know, we've been gifted with another day of life. So Exactly. I heard someone say that's why it's called the present. I was like, I really like that. Yeah, totally. I like that. Yeah, I never thought about that way. The present, you know, it's a gift life and it's like a present. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't remember where I heard that. But I was like, when I heard, once I heard it, I was like, I really like that. Yeah, that's very cool. I never thought about it like that. So, you know, it has like two meanings. You know, the present is a present. (laughs) it's awesome well thank you so much for you know coming on my first show you know soul stories and your poems were really good I feel like a lot of people can identify with them and you know they're so deep you know from like your heart and just everything that you've observed in life and you're very talented thank you so much I really appreciate that you're welcome and thank you for having me on your show I had a lot of fun (laughs) good I'm glad you had fun and I was hoping that I made it so that you know it wasn't you know make would make you nervous I try to make everybody comfortable and to feel you know laid back and feel at home kind of like as if you were to come to my house coming to my radio show I want you to feel at home oh definitely you definitely accomplished that so thank you it was very nice good thank you I'm all right. Well, you know, you're, when we if we keep going at this, you're always welcome to come back. Or if we want to come on an episode of Night Moves Radio sometime, that's more in the evenings. But, you know, whatever works or, you know, hopefully again. And definitely um, if you're on Cherry House Press, <coughs> the Facebook page, I think people can post there. If not, I'll change the settings. But if not, feel free to share your stuff, you know, on the Facebook page. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Keep that in mind. Good, great. I think more people would benefit from, you know, reading and hearing your stuff. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, we'll definitely be talking to you again, hopefully sometime soon. Thanks, Linda. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That was Linda Crate and boy, she was very talented. Um, I know no one didn't really tune into the live broadcast uh, here at Cherry House Press, and that's fine. Um, I went live, so in case people wanted to see us live or listen live, they could. Um, We're recording most of our shows on Anchor. Um, We may start recording on um, Blog Talk Radio again so they can be live. Um, But most of our shows will be during the day. Um, We will be coming back with another poet on Monday. And... um, Give me just a second. I will tell you what her name is. I know her first name is Jessie. And uh, I think I'll just say Jessie. We'll be coming back with Jessie on Monday night here at Cherry House Press. And she'll be reading and talking about her poetry. So, um, and if you missed this live broadcast, um, I will post the anchor link um, on the Cherry House Press website. It'll be on Night Moves Radio and on the new Cloverleaf Radio Productions Facebook page. So thank you for listening and uh, be sure to tune in on Monday or watch for the links of our shows from um, Soul Stories and Night Moves Radio and Cloverleaf Radio and Hollywood Connections. Goodbye.
Have a good day.